Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Frank and Jake pod. Um, right now here by myself, I still think Jake is recovering from an absolutely brutal Pats loss. Um, so we'll see if he makes it onto the show. Um, but we have a lot to talk about. We have the Pats, um, the Browns, maybe a slight playoff push. Uh, and then, of course, we got to hit some NBA as well. So a fun pod here for you. Let's start it off. I thought I heard a knocking there in the intro. Let me go check my door here. Is that oh, Jake Crowley did make it. Jake, hello there. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me today, Frank. I'm glad I could make it. Almost didn't make it. Been out sick, but we're here. First we're ever uh, first ever uh, Google and, Hangout uh, podcast. Not in person. I don't know if it was the Patriots game that made me sick or if it was the Chinese food. Uh, from later that night, but it certainly was a uh, a tough Sunday for me, Frank. It was a really bad Sunday. Yeah, we got to get right into it. Um, Raiders 30, Patriots 24. Um, I know you've had plenty of, plenty of Mac Jones takes. Um, this might be the worst one yet. 13 of 31, 112 yards, a QBR of 12.2 against the vaunted Raiders defense. I mean, that's just as brutal as it comes. This this was the worst loss that I've witnessed as a Patriots fan um, in in non-Super Bowls. I did have that question for you. I was going to say, uh, maybe including a Super Bowl. Losing a Super Bowl is obviously sucks, but I mean, that at one, they, at least they made it. You won the conference, but... I mean, this one, you're, you're fighting for a playoff spot. You got everything on the line. Um, and you, I mean, yeah. outside of the last play, I mean, you give up the touchdown with 30 seconds left. Um, couldn't get a Not stop. T- we didn't give up a touchdown. It was, it was a touchdown. It was a no, touchdown. Yes, it was. His foot was absolutely. definitely not on the chalk. It was a touchdown. Absolutely was on the chalk. It, it is undebatable. The photos. I've seen the photos. Undebatable. It is the most no-brainer, out-of-bounds call I've ever, ever seen in my life. It was so it was so conclusive. Every nobody even had a question about that call. I did. Everybody was, everybody Looked was good to me. Clearly out of bounds. Clearly out of bounds. And then, of course, of course, it ruins this game for us. And here's the thing: I can't, I can't even blame the loss on it. I can't. Yeah, I mean, the offensive scheme looked really bad. I mean, it kind of stems from the beginning of the year when Bill Belichick hired a defensive coach to be his offensive coordinator, coming up with great plays like third and 11, wheel route, QB scramble with, um, you know, Mac Jones is known to be an athletic freak up there with Justin Fields. So you dialing up plays like that, I mean, that's just, that's the staple, that offense. So do you know the movie? It's, I think it might be called like The Last Ride or something. It's got um, like Morgan Freeman, Robert De Niro, and like a couple other old actors, and mm-hmm. they like go to Vegas for like their like 80th birthdays. Uh, Bill Belichick's coaching plan for the season feels like that. It was like him and his best pals from the good old days coming back in any way, shape, or form. To, I like that. I like this that. game was like the perfect part of it all because because McDaniel's was there. So your uh, boy, it was, it was a complete. 
it was a complete disaster for the Patriots. Not only did we lose to a abysmal head coach, an abysmal offense. I think you owe him an apology. No, I won't ever apologize. I think you owe him an apology. Because he he almost lost. He beat you. He He beat you. Could have easily won if he wasn't such a bad coach. I don't know. He beat you fair and square. Having him there made it just so much. Like, if this happened against, like, Andy Reid, I don't, it doesn't phase me like this because it's it's not against your old offensive coordinator who you got rid of and replaced with a defensive coordinator that you had on your team multiple years ago who then couldn't keep a job in the NFL. Right. It is, it is a complete embarrassment for our organization in whole. Um, but let's just, like, we haven't even brought it up yet. That play to end the game, Ramondre Stevenson breaks like a 25-yard runoff. Yep. And rather than kneeling it down and just go riding that momentum of a good final play into overtime, he flips it back to Jacoby Myers. And some for some un, unbelievably wild reason, Jacoby Myers was like, I'm about to make the sickest play <laughs> of the season and throw this shit 15 yards across the field to Mac Jones, who's being defended like he's in the post by Chandler Jones. <laughs> I thought then, um, originally when I saw it, I was like, well, they were wearing black uniforms. Did he think Chandler Jones blended in with the on-field logo? Like, unbelievable. I don't know how, I don't know what he was looking at, um, but we have to give it up to Mac Jones. Um, that was the worst attempt at a tackle I've ever seen in my life. He just fell to the ground and tried to hug his leg. I mean, it was it was like it was almost like he was just trying to save his own skin. He did he did not want to risk an injury, but he was he was also not willing to be labeled as somebody who wasn't trying. Right, like the infa- like the a, infamous Cam Newton play. He didn't die for the ball. It was such an embarrassing game. And now you guys are on the outside of the playoffs looking in. Um, wild card teams as of now are Baltimore, um, the Chargers, Miami are the five, six, seven, and you are tied at seven and seven with the mighty New York Jets. Um, and I know the Jets lost uh, a bit of a heartbreaker as well, so you still do have the tiebreaker with the Jets. Uh, but having the one game lead with the tiebreaker for your fandom next year, that would have been massive. Yeah, and I mean, so here's the good thing. The Jets, again, we talked about their schedule a little bit last year, Jet or last week. Um, Jets right now, they do have a tough end-of-the-year schedule, especially with the Jags, who are super hot. They have the Jags, the Seahawks, who have cooled off considerably, and the Dolphins. So the way I see that Seahawks game is it's going to be it's going to be whether or not the offense. Plus, your boy Zach Wilson is now at quarterback. Now again, this that week, is a big, big time. That this is week. A, big, a big point, but it's just one of those things. It's like all three of these games, they're definitely losable for for the Jets. So, so I still hope that I'm going to be able to watch the next season. But I, uh, but the Patriots also have a daunting schedule ahead of them. So nothing is nothing is being you know given away uh, to me. I'm, I'm I, I don't have any security in this next three weeks. Absolutely not. And before we get into other games, we are going to take a quick break and come back on the other end 
with uh, Frank and Jake Pod's number one fan, Brian, also a Boston guy, get his thoughts on the game. Coming up right after this. All right, coming back here. Like I said earlier, calling Brian live on the show to get his thoughts on the disaster of the Patriots game. Hello. Hey, Brian, you're live on the uh, Frank and Jake pod. How are you doing today? Um, I've, I've done better. What about you? I, I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Uh, I'm here with I'm here with your man, Jake Crowley. Uh, we just What's got. Happening? We just got his thoughts on um, on the uh, Patriots game. As you'll as you'll listen to later, I'll just give you a quick synopsis. He wanted Bill Belichick fired. He <laughs> want he wanted Matt Patricia to be the full time head coach because he's such a great play caller. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts um, on the game and kind of what you thought uh, what you saw transpire there at the end of the game because it was clearly a catch, by the way. And then, the, yeah, obviously the last play as well. So go ahead, Brian. The floor is yours. Um, all right. Well, I agree that Matt Patricia should be promoted because that was just unreal play calling at the end there. Um, why why we didn't just throw the ball 45 yards downfield is beyond me. Apparently, Bill Belichick said that Matt can't throw that far. Um, don't understand why he would be the starting quarterback if he can't throw that far, but um, whatever. Uh, my issue, so, I mean, I kind of had my own emotional roller coaster that play um, because, you know, I usually watch football games on YouTube TV. That game was not on YouTube TV, so I had to stream it on my phone. So I had another game. I had the Bucks Turnover Festival playing on my TV. So I was kind of watching that as I watched the Patriots game. And as the seconds ticked down to the final play, I started getting a lot of texts, my phone blowing up, Jake was calling me, and I had thought, oh, wow, Patriots must have won this game. Um, so I frantically started to text people like, hey, don't don't spoil this for me, I haven't seen it yet, I'm a play behind. So then I get back into the game, and I, uh, I, I press play on the final play, and I see Stevenson start to break up the middle, for a good chunk and in my mind I'm like yeah the Patriots definitely just won this and the second the exact second that Ramondre flips that ball backwards I get an ESPN notification on my phone that says final <laughs> Raiders 30 Patriots 23 and I it, my brain couldn't process it that fast um, I was like that. That just has to be an error. They must. They must have messed that up on that notification. And then I see Jacoby Myers sprinting ten yards backwards, and then just throws throws the ball to a waiting Chandler Jones, former Patriot, who we traded for, I believe, a second round pick and um, a former Ohio State Buckeye Jonathan Cooper. Oh, and. And, um, yeah, as as Chandler shoved Mac Jones into the crust of the earth, I felt my soul leave my body in that moment. Um, I, I just, at this point, when it comes to this team, I, uh, the only thing that could be a redeeming quality for this season is, in my opinion, if 
we just kind of see what Zappy's got going on and see if he can get some life into the offense again because yes. watching, Mac, watching Mac struggle to put up 100 passing yards to the Raiders is, is a tough look, and uh, I just I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Well, Brian, we uh, appreciate your loyal uh, support here, and we were glad to, glad to get you on for the first time, all right? Oh, uh, yeah, no, appreciate that. Uh, look, big fan of the pod. Uh, you guys just keep doing what you're doing. Shout out Papa Frank. What's up? What up? <laughs> All, right. All right, Brian, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Later, All, right. All right, see ya. Peace. All right, and we are coming right back. We appreciate Brian for hopping on the pod, giving the thoughts on the Patriots' loss. Um, but the next game we talk about here, Jake, uh, the biggest comeback in NFL history, um, the worst 11-3 team ever, but somehow they're 11-3, 39-36. They come back on Jeff Saturday in the fight in Colts. Um, I was watching this game and flipping back and forth between that and watching Tiger and his son play golf, um, and it was, was 33-0. And like, oh, this one's, I mean, this isn't over. It's like, can the Colts put up 60 maybe? Um, and then the, the Vikings slowly start coming back and you, you get to about 36-21. And then, then you're like, wait a minute. And then they end up coming all the way back um, with two minutes left, uh, a 64-yard pass to Dalvin Cook. Uh, and then get the two-point conversion. And with three seconds left in overtime, the Vikings complete the biggest comeback ever in the NFL. Uh, Jake, I know you were watching this one. Uh, kind of give us your thoughts. Um, Matt Ryan now a part of the biggest Super Bowl collapse and now NFL regular season collapse. That was exactly what I was about to bring up. It is so damn funny that he's on the opposite end of both of the largest comebacks in Super Bowl and then regular season history. Uh and it's, it's befitting of a good quarterback to own stats like that. Like, Matt Ryan is probably – he's going to have a fair shot at being in the Hall of Fame. When he's it's all an MVP. Exactly. So he's going to have a pretty good shot at being in the Hall of Fame. I'd say he's probably got the same chances as guys like Stafford and uh, and, and uh, maybe Phillip – no, yeah, maybe even Phillips um, or Phillip Rivers. Phillips. Wade uh, Phillips? And <laughs> So I, I see it as as one of those things. It's just such a befitting stat of somebody who hasn't won a Super Bowl, has won an MVP, has been a dominant quarterback almost his whole career, and, and now owns two of the most embarrassing stats somebody can own. Um, this game, I, I saw this game go up to 23-0, and I was like, all right, this isn't worth watching. And I flipped on Tiger, Tiger and his kid, um, made some food. And then I looked at fantasy because I have Jefferson. And I'm like, wow, like 30, 36, 14. All right, all right. Checked it again, like probably like 25 minutes later and saw that they had scored another touchdown. Um, and then I went and flipped it back on. When I was like 36, 21 still. And it was like right as they were on the goal line when Adam Thielen um, caught his touchdown pass. Yep. So then I just kept kept the game on thinking, well, Vikings got such a sick offense. They, they definitely got a shot here. But the way in which they won, that Dalvin Cook 
catch was just so so befitting such a great way to end a comeback like that with a 65 yard uh catch and run from your from your uh from your running back it's just very funny for that to happen to the colts um a franchise that i have no goodwill for yep well you're a big Um, peyton manning fan so it makes sense yeah a huge peyton fan um so but yeah it was um in my opinion probably our best week of football as a fan all all year yeah um just a a ton of competitive games like even the chiefs texans ends up going into overtime just one of those weeks for like just really fun matchups and really fun football yeah absolutely and i and i don't know if it's ever happened that an interim coach got fired but i mean if you're the head coach of a team and you blew a 33 nothing lead i think you got to lose your job like i'm not i'm not here to call for people losing jobs and being unemployed but 33 nothing as an interim yeah i i i I agree if he was like a full-time head coach if he was named the active head coach then you gotta go story but as interim head coach interim means temporary for a reason you can replace him immediately um and he hasn't been there long enough to make any major impact on that team and you can just call the year a wash anyways if you're the colts you're not making it to the playoffs so i see no reason why you leave him in that role he's not gonna he's not gonna be a permanent head coach in the nfl it was never it was never i think really an option Right, and, and even looking back at some of the Colts' losses, I know they got blown out because they had an awful fourth quarter against the Cowboys, but that game was close until the fourth quarter. Uh, a one-score loss to the Steelers uh, and Eagles back-to-back weeks. I mean, they're they're known to be competitive in these games, um, and you kind of think well, when you're up 33 nothing, the pieces start clicking, but uh, boy, did they unravel quickly. Um, and Kirk Cousins... Uh, and the Vikings are 11-3, and three, still have the two seed. Um, I thought for sure watching this game the, uh, the Niners were going to end up winning uh, and then the Niners can be the two seed. Um, but the Vikings might be able to hang on. They have the Giants, Packers, Bears. Uh, maybe a 2-1 and one stretch in there. Uh, maybe they end up 13-4 and four and, then the, and then the Niners have to win out to get that two seed. Um, and... It, uh, how I look at it in the NFC compared to the AFC, if you're the two seed in the uh, AFC right now, uh, you have Justin Herbert in the Chiefs, or, uh, Justin Herbert in the Chargers, excuse me. Uh, I wouldn't want that matchup. Uh, honestly, I'd probably prefer to be the three uh, and avoid that. Um, but there's no scary NFC wildcard team in the five and six because the Cowboys are kind of sandwiched at the four, um, or excuse me, the five. Um, and then you have six and seven, where it's right now it's still the Giants and Commanders, um, which you can bring on Taylor Heineke. So I will be keeping my eye on that to see who ends up um, getting that two seed in the NFC, because I think that would be uh, be a huge advantage in the NFC. Um, as I kind of did touch on the Commanders there, Jake, Sunday Night Football, um, some of the worst officiating. Um, I mean, I've seen Terry, um, Terry McLaurin points at the ref as – as all kind of all receivers do, he, he says, scoot up, scoots up, re-thumbs ups him, uh, and then he throws a flag. And it's plays like that where I, I hate I hate the NFL sports is rigged crowd, um, but that one was really bad. Really yeah, bad. Can you, like, imagine, like, like, getting pulled over by a police officer, or, no, pulling up next to a police officer, being like, hey, officer, 
my mirror is is gone is that is that going to be a problem and he goes nope you're good and then you pull away and you start going up the road and he pulls you over and it's like uh, what <laughs> and, then, and then he comes up he's like yeah i pulled you over for your mirror man it's missing and you're like i just asked you if it was okay you just said yes it's 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 quite unbelievable how something like that can not immediately be be like challenged um that should be a challengeable play terry mccord should be able to pull a flag on that and challenge that call and the last play of the game was, I mean, clearly pass interference. I mean, it was clearly held them. I mean, I, I know it, they don't want to put it in the hands of the um, the officials, but, I mean, he was clearly all over his back. Yeah, I see I see that call similarly to how they're going to – how uh, it, it, it's similar to how the Patriots game ends where it's – they're not going to overturn something. Right. That, that, that They're not going to overturn something that changes the game. Um, or that makes a big difference in the game like that. It's just not the NFL. They've never been that way unless – and when they have, people have been upset about it. Um, so I see no reason why uh, – you know, it's the same way that I'm really – I haven't been vocally complaining about the call um, for the Pats. Is it's, it's how the NFL has been called for right. a while now. Well, we um, can even see so – a couple of years ago with the, the infamous pass interference not called the Saints Rams for, for yeah. to, to go to the Super Bowl pretty yep. important game and then they make a one year rule where you can challenge the pass interferences and then they never the and then they never owned, overturned them anyway and then they just got rid of the rule it was like well that yeah. was a waste of a year um, yeah it, it, it's yeah I mean it's the NFL it's where we are now like, there's no there's nothing you can do to fix that it's just part of the game and I thought the Giants outplayed Washington for the most part. I don't want to dis- sound like we're discrediting the Giants here. Barkley had a really good game. Uh, kind of looked like week week two, week three Barkley, where he was really uh, breaking a lot of tackles. Um, but but I mean that. But it just got overshadowed. Sadly, it wasn't like the game was all that entertaining till the end. Um, but I mean I I mean both those plays. Who knows? Washington still would have had to go for two. Who knows? Obviously, we don't know if they would have got it, but they definitely deserved a chance uh, to at least try for the two-point conversion. But um, the refs there said, uh, not so fast, my friend. Yeah, I think uh, Kayvon Thibodeau had his, yep. his I'm, I'm better than Aiden Hutchinson game. Respect. Um, which I, I loved. I think he, he definitely was. he definitely showed who he is. Um, I love that he was chirping about how he's good in primetime games. Uh, before and he never like really played a big primetime game, and then he he goes out and absolutely smashes. He uh, yeah he was sick. Yep. Um, had one of the best defensive games we've seen probably this year. Um, yeah, he was all over the place. Yeah, and then obviously the deciding factor was his touchdown. So right, really that was that was also a really good primetime game. I mean, again, just adding on to the point, like we could talk about this whole week of football. I think because it was like I think we could talk about almost every game. Every game was fun. Every game came almost every game came down to the wire. Um, yeah, just an amazing week. Yeah, and we needed this, Jake, because I mean, as we went through, as we did the whole the whole year, I mean, some of those week seven, week eight matchups were um, were real rough. It was it was hard to get us to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, it was. We I mean, we have we had one of the worst eight week stretches in. In the his in my watching history, yeah, it was 
it was just gross, not fun football. It, it was you 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 never had huge offenses, explosions on both sides, and clean football. It was always sloppy football and like lopsided games or twelve to seven games. It was just right. it wasn't enjoyable. Um, so it, it, it was it was like a breath of fresh air. So as we uh, finish up here, week fifteen, um, kind of want to look at the playoff picture a little bit. Um, we touched on the AFC, so we'll we'll bring that up again here quickly. Right now, five Baltimore, six Chargers, seven Miami. Um, how do you see those three uh, those three spots ending up? Um, I you do. Said Baltimore, Chargers, Miami. How do I see those? Yeah, that's the five, six, seven right now. Um, do you see a team on the outside? looking in getting back up or is it those three teams in different in a different order because i do think um i think baltimore loses a couple more games here down the stretch i think i'd go chargers end up with five baltimore six miami seven would be my order so just flip-flopping baltimore and the chargers yeah i don't i don't think it's realistic for any of these teams to uh, drop out of the playoffs unless the Jags can win out. If the Jags won out and Titan Titans lost the rest of their games, um, then the then the Jags could take that spot, that four spot. But otherwise, I see uh, I see the Titans probably falling to be the seven seed uh, with Miami, LA, Baltimore all sliding up one spot. But the top three, I think, is I think top three is locked in. Yeah, Baltimore Chiefs. You probably flip Casey and Baltimore. But. Yeah, the one seed still is up for grabs. Um, Baltimore beat Kansas City. The Bengals beat the Chiefs. Um, and Chiefs have Seahawks, Broncos, Raiders for but, their next three. But how they looked against the Texans, I mean, they should have lost that game. Um, yeah, I mean, they look bad. I don't. That's not categorical of their team, though. It's yeah. not usual. It's not usual, and the Texans did almost beat the Cowboys, so... Maybe the Texans have got something cooking there, but um, and Bills also got a tough, you know, a tougher stretch. Bears, that's an easy game for them, I think. Uh, but then they got the Bengals, and then if you know, it depends on what the Pats do. But the Pats are in Buffalo, so you know, I see that as a, a Bills win. So I'm I'm gonna assume at least two and one for the Bills, probably three and zero to finish yeah. up the season. Sure, and then as we scoot over to the NFC, um, like we said, the the Cowboys have the five seed wrapped up. Um, cause they, they're, they're not going to be able to catch Philly for the, for the division. Um, so it looks like Dallas is five. The Giants are six. Uh, and then the Washington with that tie, they had, um, seven, six and one currently over the seven and seven Seahawks and Lions. And then Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers six and eight. It could happen, Jake. It could happen. I, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the Rodgers are going to, if, if they could do it. Uh, for them to be able to do it, the Vikings would have to not. Um, Try. So the, or sorry, not the Vikings. The, well, the Vikings won't win, but I, I meant the Lions. Yeah. So the Lions also are in a spot right now where they have a chance to, um, like, grab a playoff spot here. Uh and I have a lot of faith in their team and how they've been playing right now. Um, and they got a pretty easy schedule, all things considered, to finish out the year. Uh, Lions very well could finish the season 10-7. and seven. Uh, Packers have to go against them. So it really just comes down to who you think 
if, if who you think is has is more likely to win out, and whether or not you think two if the that the Lions are going to drop two games because the Lions would have to drop two games for the Packers to take over that 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 spot from them. Right, um, and they still have to hop Washington as well. So they yeah, need a, they need a lot of help. They do need a lot of help. And um, Washington's got the Niners, the Browns, the command, and the Cowboys. So they're definitely getting that help, you know, in terms of matchups. Um, one one thing about the the uh, NFC right now that is very funny, obviously, is the NFC South. Yep. And I know you've been harping me about the Tom Brady making it to the playoffs he this year. Stinks. How he doesn't deserve it, and he doesn't. Correct, but I do still think he's gonna. They're gonna make. I think they're gonna win the division still. Well. Going into last week, if Carolina won out, it wouldn't matter what Tampa did because Carolina already beat them. But Carolina lost. Well, everyone yep. lost last week except the Saints did beat the Falcons. So you have a six and eight team and three five and nine teams, um, and a lot of them do still have to play each other. Each other, Ta- exactly. Tampa has got to go. Um, Christmas Day, the nightcap. What a terrible game. Uh, it's going to be. Colt, maybe Colt McCoy, but he got a concussed. So it might be Trace McSorley versus Tom Brady. And then yep. they got um, Carolina and Atlanta to end the year, which, I mean, with the end of how bad it's been, I mean, that could be two losses. So It could uh, be, yeah. It's, those aren't gimme games, but they're end-of-the-year high-pressure games. And like I said last week, I, I really can't – until he's until somebody proves me wrong, I can't not bet on him. I can't not you know bet on him. Him at least clutching up. I see the face you're making. I know he's stinky. He's been terrible like that. But it is. I mean, it is. I'd say it's more likely than not that they they win their division. You know, they uh, definitely should be the favorite for it. It would have just been so interesting if um if the Saints didn't just shit their pants um agree. on Monday the night. Defense has really dropped uh, off this year. I know. My shout out Lattimore. He's been hurt for a while. Um, but it would have been really interesting if they were both six and eight. Because then, uh, if you go back to the week one pod, my Saints to win the NFC South prediction still might have been looking good, but they obviously need some help all around. Um, but um, any final thoughts here, Jake? And then we'll take a quick break and uh, preview a couple games for next week. Um, no, I, I, honestly, my, my only thoughts are that I'm, I'm thankful for good football to be part of the NFL again. Love that. All right, Jake, the four for four is back. Um, Four biggest games of the week. Um, Thursday night, honestly, looking, if you looked at the beginning of the year, you would have thought this game was terrible. But actually, a lot of implications, uh, not only the wild card, um, but the AFC South as well. Um, The Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to East Rutherford. Uh, going up against the New York Jets. They currently have the game even, so it is a straight pick em, um as we sit here on Tuesday night, um, which is real interesting. Uh, I think if Mike White was starting, um, I'd be going Jets here, but with how Trevor Lawrence has been playing, um, your boy Zay Jones has been going off. Um, ETN's finding his rhythm. I do like the Jags here uh, in a primetime spot to get uh, to win the game on the road. Uh, so I'm going to go Jags here. Jake, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I I will also lean with the Jags. I think the Jags, Jags offense has been super potent lately. Um, 
putting up what? They put up like 40 points, right? Uh, 40 points against the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Touted to be like one of the best defenses in the league. Apparently, Micah Parsons is a, a really good football player. Yeah, apparently. I didn't see that. Didn't, he, didn't, he didn't show shit to me. Um, I definitely would lean the Jags. Uh, that offense has come alive. Zay Jones might be better than Christian Kirk right now. Um, at the very least, he's hotter than Christian Kirk is right now. Uh, Etienne looks – he does he does look good. Um, catching the ball, he catches in rhythm. He looks like he's going to be a really good three-down back for them. Um, but but just the highlight of all this is Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Lawrence has proved to be by far the best best QB from that class. No, I, I can't think of anybody else. Um, Justin right Fields. Now, Justin Fields. Uh, uh, Justin Fields is more dynamic. Than, her, than Lawrence is right now. I will agree. He's got more. To, he's got. Trevor Lawrence is on a better team, by the way. That as well. That is why I will give him that. But Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields kind of both in the same position, about a, about a year behind because uh, of head coaching. Um, both kind of starting from behind where Mac Jones and Tua were, and I think it kind of shows um, they are clearly. You know they are clearly the two best quarterbacks uh, in that draft class. Uh, Wilson obviously is not him. Mac Jones obviously is not him. Uh, Davis Lawrence Mills. Looks, Lawrence looks really good. Yeah. Um, so excited to see what he can do. See if he can lead this team to a play uh, a playoff uh, push. If he does, I can't see how you don't give him that title as, as best best QB in that class so far. Uh, obviously, with Fields, Fields has a, a lot of potential as well. So yeah, agreed, agreed. And then we have a humongous Christmas Eve slate of games. Um, so let's dive into it. Uh, we'll start with um, one o'clock here. The New Orleans Saints are traveling to the Cleveland Browns, um, where it's going to have a real feel of negative eighteen degrees in Cleveland. Um, so if anyone's trying to go to the game, you can get tickets for as low as $4. Um, months ago, I did want to go to this game because Saints do have a lot of Ohio State players. Seeing Olave in person, Lattimore, um, seeing all those guys in person would have been cool. But happy I didn't pull the trigger months ago uh, because it's going to be negative 18 degrees. So, I mean, just great call on my part. I'm not not going to end up going to the game. I'll enjoy this from the couch uh, in my nice warm house um but for the players i mean this is going to be brutal the browns are favored by two and a half um saints coming off a good win against atlanta um i am going to lean browns here though um i still do like their roster a little bit more saints do have a lot of questionable players um this week as well a lot of questionable let more questionable um so we'll see how it ends up um but I do like the Browns here to win and cover as they somehow, some way, try to climb back into a playoff spot. So, how do you see this one playing out, Jake? Um, is Miles Garrett going to be playing? Most likely, he is questionable as well. Uh, but it was just uh, listed as a non-participant. He's just sick. That's what they said. He's not okay. injured. He's just sick. Okay, because yeah, with no Miles Garrett. Um... I think I think this matchup does lean in favor of New Orleans, but if if Miles Garrett gets to play, then I, I would I would say that is enough of a difference maker for me to lean Browns. Um, Browns obviously have a super weak defense. Uh, not, not much they, you can say about they, it. They've been but, trending in the right direction. 
They have been. And uh, I don't think the Saints have a potent enough offense to really put up any big damage against them. But also, Brown's offense has not looked good um, as of recent. So it really just depends on if they can if they can kind of continue what they've been doing and just bear, and just outscore in low low scoring affairs. Uh, if not, Stefanski's definitely gonna have to put up some numbers because uh, if if this Saints offense does get rolling, they can make they can put up some points. Yep, they definitely have the the talent to do so. But uh, when I look at this one, you think of the weather. Um, and I think Nick Chubb is going to be real good. Like you touched on earlier, the Saints defense is still really banged up. I feel like Chubb will be able to get loose, um, get some screens going to Hunt and Joku Cooper. Um, and I kind of see it playing out like kind of how the Browns played out with against the Ravens, 13-3. Um, and it was with especially how bad the weather is going to be in Cleveland. Um, I, I'll just lean on a team that's got a little better running attack. Um, and slightly more dynamic and a, and a better. I mean, Watson's better than Andy Dalton is. Um, so for that reason, I'll, I'll go the Browns to win in cover. So, uh, what was your pick there, Jake? Are you gonna end up the Browns? Uh, I'm gonna lean Browns. Okay, leaning yeah. Browns. Um, and then we'll have to go to your um, shit team here. Um, the Bengals get to destroy you guys. Um, so it looks like maybe potentially next week. After how this season of ebbs and flows, we both of our teams might be seven and eight as we sit here next week, um, which is kind of a crazy thought. <laughs> um, but you guys do play Joe Burrow, who's on an absolute, absolutely on one right now. Um, the Bengals are traveling to Foxborough, uh, currently favored by um, three and a half. Um, so Jake, how do you see your team kind of bouncing back from last week's disaster? Um, they will have the home crowd. Uh, but going up against a Bengals team that's really good right now. Yeah, so this is how I see this game. Uh, there is only one thing that you could say that the Patriots have an advantage of in this game, and that's running back. I don't think they. I don't think they have. There. I don't think they really. And maybe defense. Bengals defense has been so good the last eight games. I. I am not comfortable right now saying the Patriots' defense is better than theirs. So, as it stands, I think right now the Bengals have a better quarterback, a better offensive line, uh, a, a better tight end, uh, or at least they use their tight end better. Clearly, a better receiver trio, uh, better defense, um, and a better coaching staff. So there is no there. I have no hope for the Patriots this this week. No hope. You're thrown in the white towel. Other than. Hopefully the cold being enough for it to to bug Joe Burrow, but he's an Ohio kid, so you know it really I don't see it being that much of a factor. Um, it, yeah, it's I'd say it's I'm leaning now Patriots ten percent chance. Yeah, it's okay. not good. Yeah, I definitely like the Bengals here in this spot as well. Um, I mean they travel. We didn't really touch on the the Bucks game, but. I mean, it it was an awful, awful start. Down seventeen, nothing. Get the field goal right before half to make it a two score game again. Um, and like you said, that Bengals defense was all over the place defensively, uh, forcing turnovers. I know Hubbard and Hendrickson both did get hurt on the defensive line, um, so that's something to keep their eye on as well. Um, as did T. Higgins get hurt. Um, but overall, um, I'll, I mean. They have the Bengals have the better quarterback, better receivers, 
Um, and I like the Bengals here in big time. I mean, I mean, absolutely big time. This is this might be ugly. This might be the one uh, to say is Bill Belichick done here? Just 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 a thought. I think that yeah. I think that's how it's going to be trending a little bit. I think this one's going to uh, be real bad. I, I so I don't think the conversation exists within the organization, but I do believe that that conversation is something that exists within the fandom of the of the Patriots. Um, and it's I mean I I don't. I don't want it to be like I'm disloyal for saying this. It's just also I have to. At times, I try to be unbiased in in you know as as best as I can. Um, it is, yeah. It, it's looking more likely than not that we're at we're on the horizon for him. Yeah. Uh, for 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 Big Bill, and that's okay. It's it. You had a great run, run, man. You had a great run in the NFL. Yep. He is the greatest coach of all time. It's not, you know, if he goes out with, if, if this, I don't think this is his last year, but let's say this is one of his final seasons. He has a pretty mid roster with a, with a good defense, which is what he's been known for forever. And he finished with a okay record. Well, I think a, a big factor for him, he's going to want to catch Don Shula. Um. I don't know the exact number he's behind in games, but it probably will take a couple more seasons because it, th- these aren't his normal back in the day fourteen and two, thirteen and three Patriots teams. These are going to be the nine and eight, um, seven and ten type teams. So it's going to take him a little while to get there. But I do think, um, I, 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 if you told me right now, I would say he continues coaching. But he'd be a different head coach in two years on a different team. If yeah, see that's where I it, it's almost one of those things where I would rather us be bad for an extra couple of years and not see him coach for another organization. Yeah, as crazy as that might be to say, it's kind of similar to like where I'm at with Tom. I would have rather seen Tom play out his entire career in New England be Peyton Manning level stinky for a year and retire like that rather than see him go to the Bucks. And now have, it's so it's, have won that yeah. ring with the Bucks. Mickey Mouse and, right? and, and then see him collapse. Yeah. It's it's uh, it, yeah. I, it's it I'd rather it be I'd rather he collapse with his with his with his with his fans. You know, like yeah. the people have rode with him and I I'm the same way with Bill. If if he if the ship's going down, let me go down with it. Uh, that's I mean, we're loyal over here. I mean, we're loyal over here. It's, yeah, it, it, I know it's. I know it's a little stupid as a somebody who also loves winning championships, but it's. It's. I almost feel like it's. It's the the correct. Correct decision. Thought. It's. Yeah. It's like it's a legacy decision. That's the decision you make to cement your legacy. As, if you're Robert Kraft, like I had, he was my guy. When he decided to, I let him go. It's, right. it's similar to almost how I think the Seahawks treat Pete Carroll. Yeah, yeah, because he's, like, he's they just got rid of him so many times. I don't think they're willing to get rid of him. I think they like him too much. And yeah, Robert Kraft is loyal, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but the primetime game uh, on Fox here, um, Philadelphia trying to keep trying to go for the um, seven, sixteen and one um, season. Traveling to Jerry's World in Dallas, um, the big story with this one: Jalen Hurts is um, questionable right now. Um, 
he might get sat. So if that is the case, it would be Minshew Mania traveling to Dallas. Um, this game doesn't mean it a whole lot um, because it seems like Philadelphia has the um, the division and the one seat wrapped up. Um, but it's an interesting game nonetheless because of obviously Dallas's collapse last week. Um, Dak Prescott, can he be the guy? Um, it didn't look like it last week in that second half. Um, but as of right now, Dallas is favored uh, by an even five points. Um, so, Jake, do you think Philadelphia goes 14-1, and one, or is this their, their slip-up game? Um, so, yeah, I actually, think, I actually think Philly wins this game, regardless of who they have at quarterback, whether it's Minshew or Hurts. Uh, first off, I think if you are Sirianni, you cannot play Hurts. There's no reason well, to. Why, why risk it? Why risk it? Exactly. Um, you're in, in a good spot. You you need one more win to secure the division. Right. Or to, yeah, yeah, to secure the division. And two wins to secure the one seed. Um, this is one of those games where I, I, don't need, I don't take the risk. Also, I'm more excited for this game if I know Minshew is starting. It's just a more exciting game to me. Who doesn't want to see Gardner Minshew play again in the NFL? He was such an electric quarterback. He's so much fun to watch. I think he deserves a a job in the NFL, possibly as a starter, um, compared to what we've seen from some of the quality of starting quarterbacks this season in the NFL. So, yeah, this game is is definitely going to be one of the more fun games uh, of the week. Well, especially with the um, trash talk Micah Parsons had a couple weeks ago. Saying, is it even Jalen Hurts? Like, well, what's the story with him? Why is he MVP? Why isn't it me? Um, so definitely that storyline is going to be interesting, especially if Hurts does play. Um, but I'm the opposite. I, I, I like Dallas here in this spot at home. Um, I'm going to go with Dallas here. Dallas wins but doesn't cover. Um, I think Dallas wins a close one. Um, just being at home. Both, like we said, both teams don't really have a, a whole lot to play for. Dallas is pretty much cemented. Um, into the number one wild card spot, um, and Philly just needs to win one of these last three to clinch the division. Um, but overall, I still do like um, Dallas in this spot. Uh, I think this is kind of a get back game for Dak. Um, if Hurts does play, I'll go Philly. But if he doesn't play, uh, I know it's the cop out answer. I'll go Dallas. But um, I think right now it's leaning that he doesn't play though. I, right. I, I imagine, I imagine Sirianni sees it the same way that I do, where it's right. this is not an important enough game to risk hurting Hurts for more than two games. Yeah, absolutely. So you're still taking Philly though, and yeah, I will, and I Philly regardless, and I'll take Dallas to win but not cover. Uh, so that'll be the the four games we preview this week. Um, so coming back right after the break, we will be talking hoops. All right, we are back, and today I'm going to introduce Frank to a new game. Uh, it's a game that I've gotten inspiration from on, on TikTok, um, but what we're going to be doing is I'm going to be giving Frank um, uh, five different players that he has to guess. Um, he's, he's initially going to start with the stat line for the player, the, so the stats for the player for this season, the position, and the conference. Those are his first three pieces of information. If he can guess with just those pieces of information, then he gets three points. If he doesn't guess on the guess it right on the first try, he gets a hint. 
the hint based on the difficulty of the player, the hints will have more depth. Um, if he gets it with the with one hint, he gets two points, and if he gets it with two hints, he gets one point. If he can't guess it with two hints, he doesn't get any points. You're out. His goal is to get ten points between the five players. That all ten points would be considered a win for Frank. We're going. We're winning. So that is the gist of the game. Luckily, think the good thing about this is we can incorporate this into football yep. and basketball uh, and baseball, even if we ever want to dive into baseball talk. So I think we're gonna about ready to get started with the game. Uh, Frank, are you dialed in? Are you ready to roll? I am ready to roll and excited to see how this turns out. All right. So your first player is a point guard in the Western Conference. Averaging 20, 3.8 boards, and 4.5 assists. Point guard in the Western Conference, in Western Conference averaging 24 and 3. Um, 24 and a half assists and 4 boards. Jordan Clarkson. Got it. First Boom. guess. Boom. First guess. First guess. Let's go. Jordan Clarkson. What an unreal what a, first guess. What a pull. What a pull. I have no stat. I, I just, guess. for the viewers, I just have the 30 teams. I'm just looking at logos to give me a kind of a baseline. I've got nothing That's, up here. No problem. <laughs> I cannot believe you guessed that. <laughs> All right. Next player. Point guard, Western Conference, averaging 14 and a half, 6.2 boards, 7.6 assists. Chris Paul. No, it's not Chris Paul. It's not Chris Paul. Nope. Here's your next hint. He's played for four teams in his career, and he's 34 years old. And what was the stat line again? 14 and a half points, 7.6 assists. And six point two rebounds. And he's played for four Fourteen. teams in his career. Four teams in his career. Thirty four. And he's thirty four years of age. Ooh boy, you might have had me with this one in the Western Conference, correct? Yep. Western Conference. Um, is it Russell Westbrook? No, he... it's Russell. Westbrook. It is. <laughs> it's Russell Westbrook. I didn't know if it was a. A starting guard, so that was why I well, I'll take you the guess. It. I'll take the you guess. Got it. So you now have five points. So in your next three, you need a total of five points to have a dub in your first ever round. Here we go. Here we go. All right, Eastern Conference small forward, averaging thirty point two, eight point two, and four point one assists. Kevin Durant. It is not no. Kevin Durant. Not Kevin Durant. So what's the next hint? So the next hint is he's only played for this team. He only played for that team. Six, for six seasons. Oh, that's got to be Jason Tatum then. Tatum. That's Tatum. It's Tatum. There you go. Two-pointer. Two-pointer. So you need three points over the next two questions. Oh, boy. The pressure's on now. Here's your next pick. He's an Eastern Conference guard. 
mm-hmm. averaging 20.7 points, 2.7 rebounds, and 8 assists. I've got two guesses off the top of my head. Um, but I'm, my first guess will be Darius Garland. Fuck! 10 points. 10 yes! points for <laughs> Immediately. All right, these are getting harder next time. Well, my um, initial thought was Halliburton, but I didn't have enough assists there. I, I know he's double digits assists. Yep. What I should, uh, I think, what I should have done for DG because I thought you might get it first guess. I should have not given you the conference. I should yeah. have not given you the well, conference. Well, what you started with, you didn't say point guard or shooting guard. You just said guard. Yes, that's. I said guard. I want to throw you off a little bit. Yeah. And then um, let's well, just do the next one for fun. For funsies, yeah. See how many points you get. See if you can get this one. A Eastern Conference center. Averaging 14.6, 5.9 boards, and 1.2 assists. Hmm. Um, you said an Eastern Conference center. Yes. Is that Miles Turner? No, it's not Miles Turner. He. He is a 2009 all-rookie first-team player. What the hell? And he stands seven foot tall. He's seven foot tall. Is You said Eastern Conference? He is, he's yeah, currently okay. plays for an Eastern Conference team. He's a 2009. I don't know my 2009 all-rookie first-team. Um, what well, gives to- you a hint at his age? No, he's seven oh, yeah. Foot tall. Off the top of my head, 2009... Um, Eastern Conference, is it Brooke, is it Brook Lopez? It's Brook Lopez. Yeah, yeah. It's Twelve Brooke Lopez. points for Frank in the first ever game. I all right. So now I know. Now I know your threshold. I can make these a little bit more challenging. Yeah. But I'm also glad you. I'm. I'm glad you won on the first game because then you get. You kind of get a good. You have a good understanding of how this game can work, and we can make yeah. it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. I'm one to know. Undefeated. Um. So if I ever lose, you can play this back. I'm undefeated. Um, yep, as of now, undefeated. As of now, undefeated. So that was fun. We're going to keep doing that. Uh, maybe I'll come up with some as well, a quiz Jake as well, kind of go back and forth and in, in jockey, jockey that. Um, so we're going to take one more break here uh, and then close with some NBA hoops talk. All right, Jake, we are back here. Our final break was there. Um, favorite part of the week for me, really, is when we dive into um, – some really good NBA hoops talk. Um, and we saw one of the best performances, truly, um, in NBA history this past week. Um, two-time back-to-back MVP winner, Nikola Jokic, a 40-27 rebounds and 10 assists game. Only player to ever do that was, um, I believe I saw it was Wilt Chamberlain, of course. And Wilt had a, had a stat line comparable to that six other times. Um, just to kind of shout out Wilt (laughs) with his, uh, crazy stats. Um, but Jake, we don't really see this. It's, it's, it's hard to do like a 20 and 20. We saw uh, Westbrook had the 20, 20, 21 game, um, which is a feat of its own, but a 40, 27 and 10. I mean, that's just unheard of. I literally stopped what I did and watched all the, the whole highlights of that game. Um, so what were your thoughts kind of with that? Um, and then I'll lead it to you with what what would he have to do to win a third MVP in a row? So yeah, I think I think his game, I think forty twenty seven and ten. 
I think his game might have been one of the most dominant games we've seen since prime Dwight Howard. For a big I don't. Yeah, I can't think of a game in my off the top of my head that sticks out to me like this since Defensive Player of the Year, 25-20 with eight blocks. Yeah. Def- Dwight Howard games. That's the last time I've seen somebody just be so dominant at their position uh, as Jokic was, uh, what, was that two nights ago? Yeah, it was against Charlotte. Unbelievable. Um, not to mention, so Jokic, four-game stretch for Jokic. Four, two, in, in a four-game stretch, he has two 40-point games. He has two triple-doubles, uh, and he is has put up 25 or more in each of those four games. Yeah, he, he is on a tear. Yeah. He is, he is leading, and that, by the way, last uh, five games, four and one for the Nuggets. He has led this team uh, to second-place seed in the West right now. Yep. If if he leads them to the first seed this season and averages i mean so right now right now so it's the it's one of the things where it's it's almost um like how like Russell Westbrook got his MVP where he probably didn't deserve the MVP but he put up a triple double he did not deserve the MVP but yes if, if he can put up 25 10 and 9 that's what he. Yeah, that's what he's at right now. Yes. Yeah. So if he can maintain twenty five, ten, and nine minimum, and be the first seed, and Jason Tatum doesn't also have at least thirty two points a game and finish the first seed, then I think they give it to him. I don't think they're going to give it back to Giannis because Giannis isn't doing anything crazy compared to what he's done in his career. Jokic though, it's is, just it's not, it's he keeps leveling up. I don't get it. <laughs> Exactly. He won it last year. He won two years in a row. On, on yeah, two back to back on one of the most impressive, one of the most impressive um, seasons ever yeah. for for a player, and he's having a better season this year. Yeah. So yeah, the only only reason I can imagine he doesn't win it is if it's just, Tatum yeah takes over. I was gonna say could takes over. Yeah, one of those two, and it is true uh, the voter syndrome. Uh, would they really give it to him three years in a row? Um, that's why. That's where right. I see the one seed coming into play. Right. In like his stat line now, twenty five. Pretty. It's ten point nine rebounds. So it's pretty much twenty five, eleven, and nine. If he can yeah. get that up to like twenty eight, thirteen, and if he does get ten assists, twenty eight, thirteen, and ten. Let's just say is his stat line to end the year, and he is the oh. one seed. I think it's, it's, it's gotta be. He's gotta be MVP. Yeah. If he puts up twenty eight points in a triple double as a center, you yeah. can't you can't not give it to them. And uh, he currently has he's well he's tied for the fourth best odds right now. Um, Tatum's still the betting favorite. Um, Tatum what, dip, did dip a little bit because of this past week. Um, he wasn't there for a couple of games um, and they lost twice to the Magic. Woof. Uh, can't relate to doing that. But um, and then you still have Giannis, who I mean, you talk about it with Giannis like he hasn't done anything. Like other word, uh, otherworldly, um, but he still is to putting up standards. right to to his standards, um, and and Giannis currently is thirty one eleven, um, so he's putting up great set lines, averaging over currently more points and rebounds than Jokic, um, and the Bucks, like 
Right. And plus the Bucks are are the one seed right now too. So if if Boston does take a step back, um, because remember early in the year last year it was the DeRozan show. Like wow, the Bulls are actually really good. DeRozan MVP, and they fell off. I don't think Boston is gonna fall off by that by any stretch. That's kind of just my comparison of you have the early. Uh, kind of new guy, which Tatum would be in the MVP poll, and then kind of fall takes a step back, um, and it could potentially be Giannis or Jokic would be my final two. Obviously, I'm, I don't want to take anything away from Tatum. Um, for a while, they were by far the best team, and he was the best player on the best team, and for a while, that gets you MVP, but um, it is still really early in the year. We're, we're just past the pretty much the core point, um, but I still thought uh, we had had to start with the Jokic stat line and kind of see what he can do to win a third MVP in a row because it it is abs- absurd what he's doing. It's hard to win one, let alone follow it and be even way better than you were the first time. And he's better than he was the first and second time this year. It's just, I mean, it's truly one a, a ge- generational player right now. Yeah, wow. he is. He is. He is one of the best players I've ever I've ever seen. And as we we're recording this Tuesday night. Um, in a huge game in the West on TNT tonight, it is uh, Memphis and is going to Denver. Um, so I will definitely be this, tun- tuning in for that one to see how that one this goes. Ties them for the one seed if they win, right? Um, yes. Yeah. So definitely, uh, definitely, really compelling, and I want to keep my eye on that for Jokic to potentially win a third MVP in a row. Um, but keeping it in the West here, Jake. Um, Jokic might be resting tonight. He might be, so that would definitely be a damper. Um, but he, he, it does say he is day to day, so I guess yeah, we'll, with I guess Murray we'll see. and then yeah. and Michael Porter out, so it could be a game that if 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 Jokic doesn't play, then yeah, yeah but what are you gonna do? Um, eighty-two but, game season, so. But keeping it in the West here, uh, Jake, as you brought up an eighty-two game uh, point there. Currently, the defending champions. Um, Golden State Warriors are not even in the play-in tournament and their best player by far Steph Curry um, is out for at least a month um, they're currently sitting at let me pull up their record here um, 15 and 16 um, so they're 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 tied with Dallas uh, but Dallas has the tiebreaker so they're sitting right there for the, at least being the play-in um, but with Curry being out at least a month Clay Thompson and does not look what like he was a couple of years ago, obviously, with all his injuries. And Draymond just continuing to get older. And Draymond looks terrible without Steph Curry. Um, do you, like, do you, I, I, I do end up thinking the Warriors will be at least a play-in team um, because a month stretch is a, is a long time in the NBA season to be without your best player. So I do feel like they got a hard stretch coming up. They're going to lose a couple, couple, couple games here, but... Um, as as we both know, we both lost to this team in the finals, so it does perk my ears to see them stink um, and suck. So it definitely makes me happy. Um, but Jake, what would you see out of the Warriors to to be a playing team or potentially not even make the playoffs? So right now, it looks like Warriors are going to be without Steph Curry for about thirteen to fifteen games. Um, they have a pretty mild stretch of games to finish out the year and then starting january they go on um they have two big eastern conference road trips so they or sorry they 
have uh, a home trip. They have a home stand, and then they go on a long road stand. So they open January with a week-long home stand, uh, and then they go. They start traveling, heading to San Antonio, and then they go on a one-week or four-game stretch on East Coast away games, all without staff. Yeah, and all against competition that is um, playing around the same level or better than they are right now. With the Spurs, who have been playing honestly better than I expected yep. them to play right now, the Bulls—that's their one—that's yeah. e- their one probably get a dub game. But the Wizards, who play up to competition, then they have the Celtics and the Cavs. GGs. Then they go back home to the Nets, who are on a tear. Yeah. So if I would be surprised if they finish the month without Steph with more than six wins. Yeah. Uh, which which would put them at about about six and nine for the stretch without him. I think they could probably go five and ten too, but it does put them, I would say, probably eight to ten games back from striking distance of that playing game. So they're going to have a lot of catch-up work to do when he does come back. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the really kind of only saving grace, I, I think Utah is going full tankish mode. They're, they're going to start it. Um, so I do think Utah does is the one team that falls out currently of the West. Um, and then you have the Warriors and, and the Lakers who are outside the play-in kind of battling to get back in. Um, but it's going to be grim for them for a while. I, I know they just beat Toronto, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, because um, Poole went off. But even Poole peaked last year. I mean, he, what he did really in in the um, Western Conference Playoff. Finals and, and, and what he really did in the Finals um, was cool to watch. Um, but he's not – everyone in that team really obviously revolves around their best player. Um, it, really, it's really, it really makes it stand out when you watch Draymond if you just watch the Warriors game and just strictly watch Draymond because he feeds off so much of the quick pick and rolls, diving to the basket. And when you don't have the threat of Curry shooting the threes coming off the pick, I mean, there's there's nothing there. He offers them nothing yeah, offensively. Yeah, an entirely different team without yeah. him. Yeah, um, it's a whole different dynamic. You can defend that team much easier without Steph. You don't have to worry about his constant movement. And I know the whole team does that, so it is something where you know they all kind of feed off his energy. But a month without his energy, it's a lot to come back from. But they've done it before. They had done it before. But also, um, they are 3-14 and 14 on the road, which is for a – you would think Steve Kerr is, what, a top-five coach? I mean, 3-14 yeah. and 14 is like what like the Spurs – the Spurs have a better. Uh, that might be the worst away. road record no, in the whole league. It is the worst road record. It, it, like, um, it's them in Houston, and you. But you would expect Houston to stink on the road. You wouldn't expect the defending champs to be three and fourteen on the uh, on the road. Yeah, put puts rubs a little salt in the wound of losing last year to them, considering they're so bad this year, and we were the one seed for the whole first half of uh, or yeah. the full first eight weeks or whatever. Only if so, uh, only if Tatum and Brown didn't have to play the whole second half of every game, that might have helped. Yeah, that would have been nice. Um, that would have been great. So keeping it there in the West, Jake. Um, one of my teams I was high on on the year, and you were clearly low on them. Um, the Phoenix Suns actually just sold their team four billion dollars today. Uh, it did get uh, sold, so Robert Sarver won't be there anymore. Um, that obviously moving four billion dollars is going to take some time, but eventually 
the, the team, the sale did go through. Um, so the much talked about um, Phoenix Suns, Jake. I know you have some Chris Paul thoughts. Um, so I'll, the floor is yours with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, so um, Chris Paul is booty cheeks, and he... Not the good kind. It's the Kardashian curse. It's yep. insane. You can't you can't let him play, I don't think. You gotta relax. Think, you gotta relax. I don't think you can let him play for the rest of the year. I, I don't know if it's worth the risk. Um, <clears throat> now, I will say, he has been... He has been a lot better the last three weeks or th- uh, three days or three games. Sorry, I guess it's been the last week. He's he's improved, uh, but the Suns did go on a five-game losing streak, and uh, they played against the injured Clippers, against the Lakers with nobody. The Lakers literally didn't start a single. A, they didn't have any starters except for Lonnie Walker and and. Um, and then they did beat the Pelicans, but if I'm not mistaken, that was a game where they were also a little beaten up. Um, so the Suns, obviously, the Suns are frauds. I've been on that all, all year. They're like the Minnesota Vikings. No, they're not going to do anything. No, no. They're not legit. But Chris Paul, if they want a chance, you have to bench him for the rest of the season. If you want, you let campaign cook. You bench Chris Paul, you, and and you and you right off into the sunset but if he starts another game this season you, you, you curse you just you just propel the curse even further it makes it stronger it's like it's like demon magic i really did like your uh, your vikings point there i'm gonna take it further a step further you have justin jefferson sort of like devin booker i mean devin booker just had a 58 piece uh Jeff, uh-huh. jefferson can go off whenever and then your uh point guard slash quarterback is um well we're not going to co- really compare chris paul and kirk cousins but chris paul is clearly very better um, I just like the Booker and Jefferson comparison because no, Booker Booker's been really balling out. I mean, he just had the fifty-eight piece, um, and he's been playing really well. But the, the losing stretch that they went on um, wasn't pretty. They had a, a loss to the Rockets in there, ugly loss, yeah. ugly. It loss. was bad losses. It wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't hard games. Yeah, um, but you you need you do need to relax with a little bit with the benching of Chris Paul. Um, he's still one of. He's the point god. He's one of the best point guards of all time. Um, but your Kardashian curse, it has a point. It has a point. Um, but we have seen players overcome it before. But it's not something you really want to be associated with. Um, so I would be very wary of the Suns moving forward. But they still are 19-12. and 12, um, And they are currently um, the three seed in, in, in the in the West. I mean, you had them in, in the play and behind the, behind the Lakers. So, um, garbage. Team. You, you did walk that take back. So we're not going to forget that you did apologize for that one. Uh, yeah. But, but if it ends up being right, I'll take the apology back. You, and I will allow you to. So okay. we'll keep an eye on that. <laughs> so we'll move to the East here. Now, um, some thoughts with the Eastern conference. We're going to be all over the place, but we are starting with the Toronto Raptors who, they're legitimately bad. Um, I, I, I'll go that far. I know Jake's going to go here, not go that far. Um, but, Jake, let me just throw you this theory out. Toronto currently 13-18, and 18, and they are only two and a half games back of getting a top four pick in the draft. Um, clearly, they're going the wrong way, and they have veteran pieces that they can sell off. Um 
have it be uh, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, um, players like that, uh, that they can sell off. So, so I'll be interested to see um, what the Raptors do. Um, Jake, I know you're not as pushing the panic meter on the Raptors like I am, but when you just look at it, uh, they're trending backwards. Scotty Barnes um, robbed Evan Mobley of Rookie of the Year last year. You can say whatever you want. Evan Mobley was the Rookie of the Year. Um, so Scotty Barnes, the Bucktooth boy, um, stole my guy's Rookie of the Year. And I and really, as we both have had playoff success with our teams against uh, the Raptors, really Lebronto era of LeBron owning the Raptors was always was always fun to watch. Um, so sort of like the Warriors seeing uh, Toronto fail excites me. Um, so what what are your thoughts? What have you seen? Uh, they have lost six games in a row. It's going the wrong way there, Jake. Yeah, I agree with you. They have looked really bad. Uh, they look really bad right now. Um, I also don't like the Toronto Raptors. I have no no affinity to them. I think they're I think they have a good coach. Yep. I'll give them that credit. But I don't I don't like them really for any other reasons. But we were texting a couple nights ago. You said Scotty. You thought Scotty Barnes was bad. Now he's been playing bad. I, I do find it hard to label any second-year player bad. Um, I don't. But playing playing bad over a, a couple-game stretch, I totally agree. He's been streaky this year, but he has been he has been solid. He he gets he gets the ball a lot for for a forward for a large forward. He has pretty good ball security for the amount of time that he gets the ball, and he's a pretty decent passer um he finds open lanes he does he is he is a good shooter within the within like the he's a good finisher he does have some shooting woes he's not awesome from three-point range i think he's probably like uh, right under 33 percent yeah stinks he hasn't been awesome from three-point range i'll give you that but he's a second year player so that's not a huge critique for me Ball security and basketball IQ are huge for me to determine if I think somebody is good when they're young uh, and really fresh on a team like this that they get a lot of playtime. Yeah, and he he is he has done a good job, uh, but Toronto as a whole, they Poopy. they are currently going very far down on my list of teams to worry about. However, playoff Toronto is a different beast. The they have one of the best home crowds in the whole league, especially have, during playoff time. Well, they have to get there first, Jake, and they might not get there. Um, oh, this, yeah, that's fair. This, it's just that's a team that I'm scared of to play yeah. just because of their defensive diversity. And the fact that um, I, we, well, I've played, we've played, the Cavs have played the Raptors twice, and the amount of uh, times Siakam has gotten the lane, pushed off, and then made the shot they never call it um, is very frustrating to watch. They get a lot of left ref love. Jesus, they yeah they do. But the stretch they're on, they lose to the Magic twice in a row. You would know a lot about that. Sounds like the Celtics. You would know a lot about that. And then they lose to the Kings uh, by one point. Kyrie hits the buzzer beater on them. Uh, and then the Warriors won a road game. If the Warriors beat you on the road, you're probably not that good of a team. And they follow that up with a overtime loss to um, the Sixers. So they they. They do have um, a bad luck stretch in there. They probably should have deserved to win a couple of games in there. Um, but currently, 13-19, and 19, 
Um, and it is looking ugly, ugly for Toronto. Um, or 13 and 18, excuse me. Um, but like the, the point is, especially when you look back at, at, at who's sitting there for the prize pick, um, for the number one pick, and they're only two and a half games back. I, Toronto's probably having these conversations. Do we want to trade off Van Fleet? Get off uh, Gary Trent Jr. Have a have a year reset. Get a top four pick potentially, uh, and then recoup. Because um, I mean, just the thought I of think, just the thought of Scotty Barnes and Wembyana on the same team is. I think moving up though. I think to move up, you got to move OG. Or that as well. I mean, they have pieces. I mean, they have pieces. I think pe- that's the only way you can move up is by sending away like Van Fleet and OG and your first. Just the Wemby sweepstakes are so hot. I don't think. Well, I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not even saying um, trading for a draft pick. I'm saying just they just trade off all their players for assets to uh, yeah. to tank and suck and then get a better pick. Um, yeah. So that's definitely a team I'm keeping an eye on because um, I, you just look at the roster. The roster makes sense. Veteran-led team with some young players, uh, but it has gone backwards for Toronto. So let's talk about a team that's going forward, um, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, on an absolute heater now. Um, they've won – Many, many games in a row. Kyrie's hitting buzzer beaters left and right. Um, currently the four seed, uh, 19 and 12. Uh, what have you liked from the Nets this past like, week and a half as they've won six games in a row? Um, well, Katie is a god. He's a, a legitimate basketball god. Um, Kyrie being back uh, doesn't seem to affect their locker room at all. Uh, they are playing... Absolutely, they've been on fire ever since he came back. But the X factor of this team, and I've alluded to it to Frank, the X factor for this team is the same X factor that the Celtics had last year that drove them to the uh, <clears throat> that drove them to an NBA championship uh, uh, series, and that is Nicholas Claxton. Uh, he plays elite caliber defense. He is an elite shot blocker. He has an ex- extremely long wingspan, so he can defend. Um, out of position well because he can he doesn't have to keep up speed wise because he can make up for it with his length uh, and because of this they have been able to make up uh, in one of the categories that they, had, they were extremely lacking in last year and he did not do much to make up for it and that's defense and interior protection yeah they still need help on the on the on the um, perimeter with defense They're, they still lack on that side of things but because of their interior protection uh, and their ability for Nick Claxton to close out on corner shots, they have closed up a lot of their gaps in and uh, a lot of their weaknesses, and it has allowed them to really flourish this year. And it's terrifying because they look right now they look a lot better than they did last year. Absolutely. And last year I wasn't scared of them. Right now, with how they're playing right now, uh, Kyrie seems like he's on a mission KD uh, is just being Kevin Durant he's just doing what he's always done but that's being that's... one of the best three players in the league and then with um with kind of the evolution of some of their role players this year since um I don't know since they've kind of just taken a step forward they've gotten a lot better three-point shooting and a lot better wing play uh, which is something they lacked in majorly last year except yeah. for Bruce Brown Absolutely, and it looks like the the firing of Steve Nash has clearly worked right now. They've won nine of their last ten, um, but like you said, Katie's been really good. 
They have, a, have an interesting four-game stretch here coming up uh, right before the new year. Golden State, Milwaukee, at Cleveland, at Atlanta. Um, and with how well they're playing right now, you'd assume they'd beat Golden State. Um, and then at Cleveland and at Atlanta, those are going to be two real fun games to watch. Um, Atlanta, I know DeJounte Murray's out for a week or two, uh, but still Trey Young and the Cavs, uh, we'll talk about here soon. Um, they have looked really good this past week. Um, but like you said, Kevin Durant's another one. Um, if they keep trending the way they are, he could be, with, with how his stat line is, he could potentially be in the MVP talks as well. Um, so definitely interested to see how Brooklyn ends up um, and with the evolution of Nick Claxton. Um, but the thing that's still going to hold them back is their uh, perimeter defense. Joe Harris and Seth Curry aren't going to do it in crutch time lineups. Uh, Jalen Brown would, would score a bucket on all of them. Tatum would. Donovan Mitchell would. Um, so they're going to need wing defensive help uh, and really guard play with late, late in games. Because even Kyrie's awful defensively, um, and it's really defensively Durant, Simmons, and Claxton. And we, we didn't even bring up Ben Simmons, but he's been okay. I mean, he's on the floor. He's he's athletic. Defensively, yeah. he's always really good. So it does provide an X factor. Yeah, absolutely. He wasn't there last year, so that does make a difference. Right. And then we can end the pod here um, just bearing the lead talking about our two teams. Kind of going in different directions here. Jake, I'll start with you um, with your Boston Celtics. Um, Tatum's just taking days off for his kid's birthday. Honestly, respect it. it. Honestly, respect it. But cost him a game with how with how Jalen Brown's been turning the ball over so much lately. Boston off to a – I mean, they were off to a fantastic start um, besides their two early season losses to the Cavs. Sorry. Um, but they've lost four or five. Um, and what have you seen kind of this past week? Um, they lost to the Warriors, Clippers had a thrilling game with the Lakers, and they lose back to back to Orlando, and now, and now currently the two seed as Milwaukee has jumped them. So I think I texted you this stat: Jalen Brown, thirteen tono- turnovers in three games. He looks he looks really bad. He's not shooting well. When he is shooting well, he's six turnovers and bad defense. Um, but the biggest issue, and I don't know if you've been paying attention to this at all, because he's been complaining about it. He's had a significant traveling problem this season. We saw it last year, too. It is not something that is a ref issue. He he walks or travels, like, twice every game. And it's, like, they're very obvious. It's it's obvious. And it's, like, it's always ones where he's, it's, like, the the refs aren't targeting you, Jalen. Yeah. Like, you are taking three or four steps before you're making your first move. Like you're like shuffle stepping is still walking. We like, saw it. We saw it in person. Um, when we, awful. when we went to the, uh, the Cavs Boston game, he got in the lane, took a minimum of four steps and they didn't call that one. Um, but as Jake and I were getting closer earlier this year, as Boston's making their run late in games or any, not even really late in games, any time Brown would get into the lane, Three or four hands smacking at the ball, and he lost the ball, cost them so many possessions late in games throughout a course of a game. Where it's like legitimately this guy cannot dribble a basketball. Uh, with how talented he is, shooting, defensively, switching, it's it's truly dribbling is just his problem. It, it's really a – you don't really see this with a high high caliber players. It's, it's crazy. He's like touted as like this high IQ guy. 
He can't he dribble. Was, he was supposed to be a high IQ guy. That was the thing that he like proved for like th- his first three years. He wasn't really, you know, taking huge steps forward in his offensive game, but his basketball IQ kept him in the rotation. That was his thing. I don't know what happened to it. He became offensively. He's, I mean, he's brilliant on offense, but he is. He doesn't. He doesn't know how to handle the ball. He doesn't. Yeah. The balls. He he needs to play the Clay Thompson role, but he's just, so athletic you can't make him do that. Right. Yeah. No. I, I totally agree. It's just kind of like what Tatum had done in the finals. That was that you could tell were glaring weaknesses. Fix the mid range a little bit. Add a couple more post moves. But it was just so obvious. Brown's biggest problem was simply dribbling a basketball. Um, yep. And then he yep. goes. And then I saw the article like you touched on of he thinks refs are targeting him. It's like he's he's trying to he's shuffling his feet before the ball is even on the ground. Like they're gonna and he's doing that. And the refs have been told uh, to call more travels and carries this year, as as you can yeah. see. So it's a point of emphasis. Plus he's not that good at it. So of course they're yeah. gonna get called a lot, which is yeah. which is just odd to me. Um, but. Good teams always have bad stretches. I'm not too worried about Boston. Uh, they'll, yeah, they'll, no, they'll, I'm not nervous. They're going to work uh, the time ward back into the rotation. That's obviously going to take some time, obviously, to get it all sorted out a little bit with rotations and whatnot. Um, but I will say, uh, one point I've noticed this past week, um, your man Joe Mazzula, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's surrounded with a, with a really talented team. Obviously, this is a, I mean, a great team. They just made the finals last year. Of course, they're talented. Um but there's there's points in games where you guys are giving up 8-0 run, 9-0 runs, and it's very obvious. This is a great time to call a timeout, and he just lets you guys suffer through it. Yeah, he's he's not a great timeout caller, but I think that is something that he, as a interim coach, doesn't have full confidence in his in in the ability to like. He better you learn know, like, quick. The timing of a timeout. It's almost like, because when you call a timeout during a run, it's almost like a, you're saying, I don't have faith that you guys can stop this run without me chiming in. Right. And I think because because he is such a player's coach, uh, at least so far, as what I've heard, I think that it's one of those things where he almost leaves it up to his players to make the adjustments and he tries to minimize the times that he calls timeouts because of runs. I don't agree with it. I think he, I think he should, I think you have to trust your logic. You have to trust your basketball understanding and call timeouts when you need to call timeouts. Yeah. And and when it's, when it's big runs, you you just got to be smart about those decisions. And he hasn't been, and it has been a factor in our, our recent woes. Yeah, absolutely. And then we will, um, close the pod here with saving the best for last. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, we're back. Best differential in the entire league. Say that again, Jake. Best differential in the whole league. Yep. Um, the Cavs are back. Um, I had my mini meltdown when we blew the with the Spurs game, um, but they've won four in a row. They won seven of their last ten. Um, they're back to twenty-one and eleven, um, with a really really interesting stretch coming up. Um, Milwaukee, Toronto, Brooklyn, and then at Indiana. Indiana's good this year. Uh, a four-game stretch there um, to as we ring in the new year. A stretch I'm really going to keep my eye on. I'll be at the Milwaukee and Brooklyn game. Humble brag, sorry. Um, but we'll see how this stretch goes. Uh, they've played really well. Darius Garland 
got hit in the face again last night um, facing Utah. He's, I mean, you could have a, a full montage of how many times this guy's been whacked in the face. Um, but as Jake, as you brought up his stat line earlier uh, when we played the little game, and we talked about him last uh, last week on the pod. It was just it was poor poor decision making. Every pass had to be the fanciest pass ever. Um, and it, it's it finally seems like now he's getting into a bit of a groove offensively. Um, so that is something I'm keeping my eye on. Um, as we're still kind of figuring out the three role with Lamar Stevens and Dean Wade, both uh, have been hurt this past week and, re- and will remain out um, for maybe potentially another week for Lamar and, and Dean Wade still out for almost near a month, I'd guess. So it'll be interesting to see what they figure out with the three position. Karis LeVert and Okoro have actually played better. Um, they're, they're just so much better at home than on the road. Um, LeVert outside the one Boston game, obviously, when he went off. But no, both of those players really feed off the crowd um, and play a lot better at home. So they have a three-game stretch here at home. Milwaukee, Toronto, Brooklyn. Um, we'll see how it shapes up. I'd, I'd like to go 2-1 and one there. Um, obviously, would love to go 3-0, but you got to be a realist sometimes. Uh, and Milwaukee's had our number. We played them twice in Brooklyn. Have absolutely smoked us both times. Um, Chris Middleton will be questionable, um, so we'll see if he plays. Um, but, Jake, out of those three games, Toronto, uh, Milwaukee, Toronto, Brooklyn, what are you trying to see out of the Cavs? Um, the only loss they can have, right, like I, you, you only, the only loss you expect is Milwaukee. Correct. I would um, expect to lose to Milwaukee. Yeah, but Brooklyn has been hot, and yeah. the Cavs are not a good defensive matchup for them. Um, for which team? For Brooklyn. Oh, I disagree. You think they're good? You think they match up defensively well against Brooklyn? Well, I would say it like this: I think you would put, I think you would put Allen on Durant and have Mobley be the helper, um, and then Mitchell's more athletic than any guard that. Um, Brooklyn has by far, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie and Garland kind of equal each I other don't think out. That Brooklyn can match up defensively well against against um, the Cavs. I, I just don't think the Cavs, with with how hot Brooklyn has been, I don't think the Cavs have anybody that can stop their offense. Even considering how good your front court is. Well, we have the number one defense in the league, so it's going to be a great test. Obviously, you play Giannis and Durant in the same week, you're going to get tested. Um, yeah. So I'm actually glad to see kind of back-to-back in the same week almost um, to see how kind of what adjustments they make. Milwaukee, like I said, beat us twice. Uh, we have yet to play Brooklyn yet this year. Um, and in sandwiched in between the two, another team that beat us twice, Toronto. Uh, we're 0-2 against Toronto. Um, so uh, this is going to be a really fun stretch just to watch. Um, excited to see how they um, – how they play because then once the uh, calendar flips over at Chicago, Chicago, um, you got Utah on there, Phoenix, your favorite team. Um, so this this three games, smack them around. And and as as I rant to Bob sometimes um, about December losses in the NBA, do they even matter? I don't know. I think they do matter because um, every game matters when it comes to seeding. I know. People we work with think the NBA regular season's pointless, which I, it just baffles my mind how they think that, because um, everything is dependent on the seed. How many home games do you have? Is a large part of who advances into the playoffs. Um, 
So that's how I look at it. Every game's important, and I'm really excited to see how this three-game stretch uh, plays out for the Cavs. So, any just think uh, of seeding for Boston last year. That's what that's what like my main point is. Playoffs last yeah. year, Boston was so Boston seed was so important. They would have they wouldn't have made it through. They wouldn't have made it through. Right, and then you even look at it from the the Brooklyn side. Would you think Brooklyn would have liked Kyrie to play the whole year? They probably wouldn't have matched up against Boston in the first round. Yeah. Um, so that's how I look at it. Every game's important, and especially when you have a team uh, like Boston who is scuffling a little bit, that you can make up ground in the standings. Because the way I look at it in the East, um, I mean, you got to go all out for the one seed. Because um, the two and three, I'm I'm gonna guess. Well, Brooklyn is right there also right now, but. Two, three, I'm gonna guess are gonna be the three are gonna be Milwaukee, Cleveland, um, Boston in any order. And you would, I would love to avoid um, playing in that two-three matchup, especially if you're the three seed and potentially a second-round matchup, traveling to Boston with a great home crowd, traveling to Milwaukee facing Giannis. Just something I'm not really interested in. I'd love to have home court throughout the whole place, and especially with the Cavs being a younger team, I feel that would be a great boost for them. So we'll see how it all plays out again. This we're, we're still here in December basketball. Um, but I'm really excited that both of our teams are real good. Um, and as the season does progress and NFL does fade away here a little bit, um, we'll go full stop with the NBA, Jake. Big time. Big time. I'm ready for it. Transition's coming. My Patriots season is just about dead to me. Right now I'm just rooting for being able to watch them next year. Yeah. So I don't have any playoff aspirations. Right. So I am I am uh, almost full fully transitioned into into hoops now. So and then just some uh, some notes for the viewers. Um, this Thursday uh, we will have an Ohio State, um, Georgia, TCU, uh, Michigan playoff preview, kind of going over. Uh, that'll be with Bob and I talking about all the big games. Um, so that's why there was no Ohio State this week uh, for this pod. We were saying that all for Thursday. Um, and then I know, Jake, you have been making those TikToks. What's that TikTok again? Uh, FJPod. FJPod. We got, we got the fantasy picks every week or our favorite players that we think are going to go off this for the week. Um, and, and a, for, for AJ Brown this week. Yeah, and a lot of content coming out over there as well. Um, so as always, you can follow us. Um, Twitter is Frank and Jake Pod. Um, and we will be signing off here uh, for week seven, uh, pod 17. So we'll see you Thursday. <laughs>